You're listening to the Auxiliary Gate Podcast, Kentucky's weekly horse racing discussion. And now, here are your hosts, Alan Schneider. In due time, ran his ass off in Florida. Gets overlooked because of the Paco crap. Brandon Jaggers. Paco's proven in the past he'll kill somebody to win a race. I want that in my corner when I'm betting horses. And me, CC brought us. I busted my, I lost a $500, I lost a pick three ticket at the Breeders' Cup. And in the process of hunting for it, is in the other end of the grandstand, and uh, they have concrete girders down there, and they were selling beer in some makeshift booth because of you know the crowd. I went back there to find my ticket after I'd bought a beer, and I got happy. I saw it on the ground. Of all those tickets, I found that ticket laying there, and I jumped up. It really slants down there, stands at the other end of the grandstand, and I reached up. Hey, I got my ticket, pal, right on the concrete girder and got knocked out. And uh, I went to the infirmary. They sent me to the infirmary. I woke up about 10 minutes later, had the ticket in my hand. I spent the next two races in the infirmary. Hello, everybody. Welcome. This is episode number 100. We finally made it to 100. But here we are. Alan Schneider, I'm glad to celebrate this milestone with you. I'm, I'm, I'm tearing up. Um, I, you know, I don't, can you cancel, can the podcast get canceled? I'm surprised we didn't get canceled right off the bat. Uh, but here okay. we are a hundred later. We don't answer anybody. So I guess we don't get canceled. We don't give a shit. <laughs> Only when the money runs out, will we cancel? That's true. That's true. But yeah, it's been fun. I, uh, you know, it's, we're not doing any special hundred episode flashbacks like they do on NBC or CBS. We don't have that kind of money or that kind of time. But it's been a lot of fun, honestly, with you guys and, and um, getting to know an amazing amount of people. So, hell yeah, 100 more, 1,000 more, I don't care. All right, I'm going to read off the top 10 list of countries that listen to our podcast. Yes, it's a good idea. This is fairly interesting. Of course, United States is number one. Always. Always. USA, USA. Ireland came in at number two. Canada was third. And there's a kind of a big drop between Canada and Belgium. Belgium came in fourth. I don't know why anybody in Belgium would listen to this. But they I did. I like Brussels sprouts. United well, The waffles are overrated. But yeah. United Kingdom was fifth. The Russian Federation was sixth. Mm. Australia was seventh. Turkey was eighth. The Republic of Korea. And then France. Well, come on, France. Pick it up. You're getting your ass beat by Turkey. Come on. So, well, we've, we've, had, we've got an international reach. Actually, we just looked at these numbers, everybody. We're actually surprised by these numbers. They're actually very flattering and a little bizarre. <laughs> I'll read off the cities, too. Of course, Louisville was first. Uh, we have a strong presence in Louisville, apparently. Georgetown was second. We also, we also have a strong presence there for some reason. I think Georgetown, made, Kentucky? That's because that's of me. Yeah, right? That's got to be my draw. Right. And then Lexington was third. And then it gets a little hazy from here on out. I, I don't know where Warren is or Walters or Watervliet. Really? But Indianapolis comes in the top 10 along with Leewood. And then Dublin, Ireland is, is one of our top 10 cities just <laughs> ahead of San Francisco. Thank you, James Grand, Declan Cannon, Julie Burke, right? I would say. Exactly right. So. It, it shows a lot of bored people out there across the world. The, across, the, across the world, nothing better to do. So. Uh, anyway, that, thank you. Thank you, everybody listens. Our 100th episode also would be marked by the absence of Brandon Jaggers, who is not with us, but we wish him well wherever he is. 
Hopefully he'll return for 101. His name will come up later, I assure you that. That's exactly right. Now let's get to some real news, some real good news. Uh, Keeneland has drawn for opening day on Friday. And, of course, that's capped by the Ashland Stakes. And mm-hmm. as we've talked before on this podcast, I think the previous one, that the Ashland has been pretty much uh, impossible to handicap over the years. It wasn't last year. I forget. Malifat won last year. It was pretty easy last year with Malifat. I, I had the the runner up, and that was uh, the the past the champagne. Past the champagne, I had that one. I, and she was a home free, and it took a freaky effort by Malathite. But then Malathite went on to win the Kentucky Oaks. After Malathite, I, 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 at three seconds of that race, I knew Malathite was winning the Kentucky Oaks. I knew. I'm sometimes you just know what you see, but but yeah, your point is well taken about the Ashland. So I I adore opening weekend at Keeneland, both uh, spring and I fall. Agreed. Yes. And of course, this is no there's no difference. First race of the card is a maiden two-year-old race, and Wesley Ward's got two, and I've already been touted on one of them. Oh, really? Uh, Johnny Velasquez is riding Dominicana for Wesley Ward, Don Alberto Stable. I'm pretty sure that's the one that you're going to want to uh, single. That early. A, that's, that's a that's a Philly facing the boys. Those are usually fast for him. And Go get your 360. Well, you can hit a superfect in these races. Oh, John yeah. Hancock's, yeah, John Hancock's got a, a colt on the rail, Corey Landry's riding. And I think he, that's where you want to be in these four-and-a-half furlong races. You want to be on the rail. So – If you break well, if you can break. If, if you can, you can, break, can break, break from the rail. So what I would normally do, you know, what you would probably do the same thing, is you know, maybe uh, Wesley Ward on top in the super, just key that, that horse along. And then Moe's Treasure is the the rail horse for John Hancock, put in second, third, and fourth, and then just try to get something crazy in the other in the other two spots. Well, you know the the superfect is there in, in the two year old races. We, we've talked about this in a lot in the past. Uh, sometimes Ward will throw you right. He doesn't fire all the time. The thing you have to keep in mind is Hancock's usually has gets like one win a meet, but seems like the two year old. But his horse always run well, right? And then yes. John Ennis really came about last year, right? So he's been a force. So I would watch his horses. The way I like to play him sometimes is because you never know what you're going to get. Sometimes you don't know what you're going to get with Ward. Sometimes he wins them all. Sometimes he, you know, he'll disappoint you. It's finding those other guys, those other trainers, those two-year races whose horses run well, but they can't quite get over the hump to beat a Wesley Ward and a John Ennis and a, so on and so forth. That's where the Robert McCutcheon and Jason McCutcheon come in at. There's a guy to get you 30, 40 to one to fill out a superfecta. Uh, Paul McEntee rarely wins those races, but he's one that hits the bottom fringes of the super. John, I said John Hancock is a guy who is routinely in there. There are ways to hit to hit those supers. Sometimes they pay over pay overlay prices. And there's a guy in there that I'm unfamiliar with. In that race, there's a guy with two horses in there. Do you do you know the, who I'm talking about? Mendez? I don't know. I don't know who but that is. His numbers are impressive, and I've got it. It makes you think that somebody may have been shipping him with some live two year olds. So I would, you know, that's something to keep in mind too. But yeah, the super, you know, if you bet those races, sometimes the super effect is a, is a decent way to go. Whoever uh, whoever he is, he, he's convinced Flavian Pratt to ride. So, yeah, I didn't notice that. I didn't notice yeah, that. So yeah, I mean it's a great card. Uh, Ten races. I haven't looked at it very closely yet, but it, it should look be a good card. You got three stakes races. You got the Lafayette, uh, three-year-old stakes, uh, seven furlongs, four hundred thousand dollars. Then you got the Transylvania, which is odd. It only drew six horses with a yeah, four hundred thousand That's interesting, but. And then the Ashland, which is uh, looks like it's going to be a great race. Uh, you get Nest from the Pletcher Barn, Happy Soul from Wesley Ward's Barn, and then Cocktail Moments from McPeak. I think uh, it stacks up as an interesting race, but you know, don't count out 
anybody. No. Because that, uh, as we've seen over the years, that anything can happen in that race. So. And uh, by the way, the Shaker Town is on Saturday. We all know about the bluegrass, but who's going in the Shaker Town CC? Who we who we just get some confirmation that she thinks her horse is ready too? That would be Just Mike from the Michelle Lovell Barn. Just Mike's had a big winner at Fairgrounds. Uh, he he uh, probably bounced a little bit in his last start. Uh, he, got, he was run down late, but uh, I think uh, he's had some time off. I think he's going to show his uh, show his show his heels on Saturday. In Go the, get him! In the uh, what's the name of the race? I forgot. It's not the Shaker Giant Town. Shaker Town. Shaker Town, right? Shaker Town. And hopefully next Saturday we get changed the control in the Giants Causeway. There's a parlay I'm all for. It's all about seeing your friends do well, isn't it? Oh yeah, and it's uh yeah, it's fun to fun to see Michelle do well because she deserves every bit of it. Yes. And uh, speaking of that, uh, we want to celebrate our 100th podcast with a couple more friends. And uh, I will introduce them as soon as we get them on the line. I think we have them now. Here, Yeah, here we go. Right now, we're going to introduce our two guests. Rock on. Alan, uh, we've, it's kind of a running joke over the last uh, 99 episodes prior to this one that we've got a Mount Rushmore of guests. Yes. Who would be on the Mount Rushmore? Holy, sh- uh, it's it's ever expanding. It seems like like a Hydra, I suppose. But we know number, Michelle. I mean Michelle Lovell, number one, right? I mean we, uh, she's George Washington. She's getting up there. Uh, I say JJ Hysel is probably JJ Hysel is getting up there. Caitlin's catching up. J- Joe Christofek, uh, Brian Hernandez. God, uh, you want to add anybody? Well, yeah, that's the that's our Mount Rushmore. We probably need to build a Crazy Horse monument. You know, I yeah, I, I did yeah. not. I've been to Mount Rushmore once. I didn't get to go to Crazy Horse, but they they've been working on it for like the last 50 years. I heard that Crazy Horse might be uh, our our two guests that we're gonna have on here today <laughs> in the form of uh, Sarah Hamilton and Farron Peterson. Sarah Hamilton, of course, is the trainer of uh, one of our favorite horses, Circleback Jack, who broke his maiden at Turfway last month, and then. Farron Peterson has, is a an exceptional rider, and she's going to be riding at Keeneland uh, this uh, this coming spring. And she's had uh, some success at Turfway over the winter. And both of these uh, ladies have been on our pod in the past, and they two of the two of our most popular pods probably in the yes. last calendar year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can tell that by the number of listens, and that they were at the top with maybe some of the others that. Uh, we've had uh, and we're we're grateful that they've decided to join us so uh sarah are you there yes i'm here and farron are you there i'm here i should say dr farron correct dr farron <laughs> can call me whatever you want <laughs> let's keep the doctor in the house for sure <laughs> good to have a doctor on dial uh, sarah we'll start with you mm-hmm. uh let's talk about circle back jack a big big performance break in his, his maiden back i think it was like march March 12th, something like that, but uh, a long time coming. Uh, this horse had, had returned off a maybe a four-month break and uh, it showed a lot of heart down the stretch. Yeah, that was really fun. Um, I expected nothing less from him, uh, but yeah, after I ran him at Churchill, he didn't like the surface. I gave him a little bit of time off, a little layoff. He got to go hang out, play in the field, and uh, brought him back and he showed up like he always does. He's a really cool, handy horse. He loves to run. He has all the confidence in the world. Um, and so I'm excited looking forward from this because, you know, I mean, that horse, every time he's run, he 
pretty much has convinced himself that he's won. So he probably not going to be on the turf, though, right? Sorry, you're going to stay on turf and synthetic probably going forward. I'm trying to, yeah. Um, you know, I so we're nominated for the Palisade Stake on Sunday for five and a half on the turf. Um, I think six furlongs is probably his more ideal distance, um, but the turf will be an advantage, of course. Um, my backup plan, if you know, you know, we looked at the PPs. I'm pretty sure we're going to get in. Um, but if we were to not be eligible for the Palisade Stake. Uh, my backup plan was, you know, the allowance on two, six on the dirt, um, which at Keeneland, he loves, he loves Keeneland. So there, I think it, he would still be a, a very useful horse on the dirt there. Um, but turf is definitely preferable. So Palisades on Sunday. Yes, sir. Any chance, any chance you could uh, run him back? Maybe I, I know it's a big thing at Keeneland. You, you, you'll get this more than any other track uh, in a, in a, short boutique meet some of these trainers have run twice at the meet any chance to uh, circle back could uh could come back uh maybe later in the meet oh in yeah a, in a second start or is that or is that maybe he needs more time uh no not necessarily it depends you know i mean obviously we'll see how he performs on sunday and go from there um but in the fall meet i ran um in the indian summer stake he ran third a very very close third he almost beat Coffee Maker, um, and that was up against Averly Jane. They broke the track record, mm-hmm. so no fault there. And then I ran him right back on the dirt going six, and, you know, he ended up a very – another close third. Um, he drew the one hole that race and broke sharp, was, you know, pretty much did all the work and just, you know, got caught by a late closer. Um, so I wouldn't be afraid to run him back. Um, you know, obviously as a trainer, my first thought is I'd love to run him back in an allowance non two on the grass, but they didn't really have that set up for him. So go with the stake and go from there. Outstanding. Uh, looking forward to uh, to seeing Jack back at Keeneland. I'm planning on being there. A lot of things can happen between now and Sunday, but hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll be there. You you should be there. I think it'll be a really good day. He's doing super. He's training awesome, and I'm I'm really excited, looking forward to it. You don't have to beg me to go to Keeneland. That's, that's, that's true. That. <laughs> I, I the snow fight. might be over by Sunday. It'll yeah, be a it's day. a better Sunday yeah. than Sunday. I'll tell you that. I, yeah, move your plans. I go, I've never done it yet. I've, I've I've tried to make every single day of of one Keeneland meet. I haven't done it yet, but I've gotten close. Wow, it's a it's a forty five for me, so it's not it's you know it's not rolling out of bed and I'm at the track, but you know. But uh, uh, Farron, we'll go to you. Uh, you know, it, I think you're uh, up and coming on this circuit. Uh, enjoy watching your ride. I think you look good on on horseback. Uh, how was your uh, your first foray at Turfway Park? I actually really enjoyed my uh, time at Turfway. I thought winter racing in Kentucky and night racing that I was just going to have to stick it out and pay my dues, you know, as your way to break in as a new jockey and a circuit. But I really enjoyed my time. Um, yeah, I got to ride for a lot of different trainers. Sarah, of course, gave me my first winner, but it was just nice to see that a lot of trainers were willing to give me an opportunity, put me on live horses, gave me a chance to prove myself as a rider here. And, um, I think it has opened a lot of eyes and, I've received a lot of good feedback, so that's set so, me up well for the spring. Going forward, you're going to stay in Kentucky, right? Correct. Yes. So I'll be riding Keeneland next, Churchill, 
Sarah and I will go to Ellis. Um, I'm really excited Watch for out. Kentucky Downs. That has Are y'all stalking us? Been... That's our circuit. Are y'all stalking us? <laughs> <laughs> We're right. having fun in Kentucky. There you yeah. go. We so, don't want to leave. We have our new podcast fan base. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly right. So, uh, Farron, uh, now, in the last few years, Indiana, well, it's not Indiana Grand anymore. It's, uh, I think it's Horseshoe, Horseshoe what? Indianapolis. Horseshoe? Yes, Is Horseshoe yeah. Indianapolis. So, They've been racing uh, Monday through, well, right, Monday through Thursday, I think. Is that something that you would uh, look at? Maybe uh, obviously riding uh, Keeneland or, or Churchill on the weekends and then, you know, maybe going up to Indiana or uh, to Anderson. Is it Anderson? Yeah. Shelbyville, Shelbyville, Indiana on the, on, during the week. Is that something that's in the cards for you? Absolutely. And that's one of the things I really like about this circuit is that you can ride basically every day of the week. And I just can never get enough riding time in anyways. And when I was on the Mid-Atlantic circuit, that was one of the reasons I wanted to move out there. Mm-hmm. But then I was there during COVID, so we weren't allowed to move to different tracks anyways. And right. it, it, then the next year, when COVID was, you know, resolved as far as that went, um, it's hard because the trainers are so different at each jurisdiction or each track out there. So it's hard to get business at multiple tracks. Whereas here, like I already found when I moved out here in the fall, I was riding for Keeneland trainers in Indiana. And um, so it's just nice to see that, you know, if you have business at Keeneland and Churchill, that you can go ride for those same people and they'll mm-hmm. keep, you know, sending their horses to Indiana. So it's not like I have to try to work Indiana in the mornings to get business there because yeah. that would just, that was what I was trying to do on the mid Atlantic circuit. And I'm going, these tracks are each like three hours apart. This is insane. So this is much more ideal that way. And I don't think we brought it up on our last pod. It, your agent is Jimmy McNerney. Is that correct? No, it's Julio Espinoza. Yes. Julio Espinoza. Where did I get McNerney? I don't somebody know. Else's. He's somebody else's. Julio yeah. used to be a big time rider on this circuit. Did you know Oh, that? yeah. He's won sure. five titles at Keeneland and Churchill. So yeah. he's an awesome agent to have because he's also a riding mentor. He knows these tracks really well. He's been around Kentucky for so long, so he's a very likable guy. And so he's going to be a really good riding mentor as well as an agent for me. So I love having a two-edged sword. It's Alex it, Sharp has McNerney as our Oh, he does? Right. That's who it is. I think that's right. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting everybody confused. Yeah, he does. That's, my, that's all good. That happens at my advanced age. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> Alan's over at Julio Espinosa Road, probably late 80s or mid-80s. Yeah, and, it, it's kind of funny how this game works because, again, I've mentioned many times I'm 52. So I was going to Churchill in, in the 80s, in the 90s and stuff. So this thing's it, everything's come full circle because I used to watch Julio Espinosa. He's one of the more dominant riders back then. Uh-huh. Uh, maybe even before Pat Day came along. Honestly, it may he may predate Pat Day. He rode with Pat huh. Day, I know. Okay. And so now here we are, and I'm talking, and now I'm talking to Farron's protege. I mean, not Farron's protege, Julio's protege. It's kind of weird. Yeah, that's right. Passing on his knowledge to me. Well, it's yeah. cool, too, because the reason I found Julio was because I rode with Bejarano at Del Mar, his last meet there. I was an apprentice rider at the time. So when I ran into him at Keeneland, and was talking to him. He would help me meet um, trainers some of the mornings. And then he finally reached out and said, would you be interested in sharing an agent with me? So that was really how that door opened. So it's cool. You never know like what things you've done in your past that are going to come full circle. And in right. horse racing, I think that's especially true. Like you just keep running into people from, you know, different parts of the country. And it's really cool that way. 
it can eventually circle back, Jack Kamen. It all comes back. Yes, right. sure does. it always does. It That's always, right. always just circle back. <laughs> hey, real quick, Cece, before you go on, we got to mention Farron just turned 30 last week. Yes. Oh. Yeah, big 30. Happy birthday. What did you do to celebrate? She rode at Turfway. Uh, yeah, I was riding at <laughs> Turfway at night. Oh, that's so it exciting. It was awesome. <laughs> hey, my favorite thing to do is ride horses, so that's that pretty ideal well. for me. Yeah, but no, we got to celebrate before and after, so it was like birthday week, which is the way you're supposed to do it anyways. Yeah, yeah. we got birthday weeks, months, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> are, are you old enough now to appreciate dad jokes as much as I do? Are you, are you getting there? Oh, yeah. You can throw oh, really? them out throughout okay. the podcast. I'll I'll laugh. Well, so Saturday at Keeneland, I'll be working on my game, all right? I'll come up with a few. Okay, yeah. <laughs> be working on that. You uh, said Saturday, though. I mean Sunday, because we're going to be there for the stake to oh, support yeah, Sarah. That, that's, that's right. That's key. I mean, we'll, we'll all be there Saturday just because it's going to snow and, you know. Yeah. We're yeah. Who doesn't want to go to Keeneland in the snow? Yeah, because I've already bought tickets. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's the problem. Now we know. Yeah. If you, Go ahead, Cece. I didn't mean to interrupt Sunday, you. Just holler. We'll, we'll get you in the paddock. Don't worry about it. We'll, put, it. we'll make a GoFundMe for you at the end That's of the right. day. That's <laughs> right. 25 people put up a dollar each. Oh, boy. All right, uh, Sarah, I want to go back to you real quick. Uh, mm-hmm. I've known trainers over the years that, uh, like, they will not, absolutely not ship to certain tracks. Uh, like, do you have anything, would you have anything against, like, shipping to a Belterra or, or, or Oh, a, no. Like, you I don't mean, have. All, a win's a win. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, last, last summer, so I started training last spring, right? Went out on my own. I only had two horses. Um, I picked up a couple more along the way. Most of them were very slow. And <laughs> so I ran a couple at Belterra and Wesley, I kept running second to Wesley Ward at Belterra every time. And and one to 20. Like, <laughs> she's like, come on. <laughs> and then I ran second so to him, you know, at Kentucky Downs. And then I ran third to him at Keeneland. And I was like, I'm going to get this guy one day and it might be Sunday, but I'm going to get him one day. <laughs> you beat him on circle back Jack, didn't you? And who you beat, you beat. Yeah, I did. I did. He did run second to me at Turfway, but you know, <laughs> that is amazing. That happens to a lot of people around this part, to be honest with you. Oh, right? absolutely. I mean, the amount, you know, the amount of number, the numbers of horses that he has, plus the quality of horses, it's bound to happen. And I love Wesley. I, I absolutely respect him. Respect him. I mean, he's a fantastic horseman. He's a great person. He's absolutely brilliant. I love Wesley. But, I mean, when it comes down to the competition, I still really, really want to beat him. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> no, I've got no problem. I'll ship anywhere to win. But if I run second to him, I'm always like, oh, my God. Because <laughs> yeah, when you go to Belterra to run, you think you're dodging. You get up there and he sends his... His, I guess it's lesser stock than they go off and pay $2 oh. and 10 cents to win. Right. He just I went up too. there and I ran like, I mean, and this Philly was slow. I mean, when I say slow, this Philly was slow and I, I dropped like couldn't hardly break 50 for the half. And I dropped her in. Right. And I was like, all right, this is perfect. Like we've got really good shots. Wesley has an American Pharaoh Philly that they paid like 1.4 for. And I was like, no. are you kidding me? <laughs> and of course I run second. I was like, oh, and then uh, the best part though, this is while Saratoga is going on, right? So you would think surely Wesley's at Saratoga doing his thing. Whatever. He was not there. No, 
no, no. We ended up taking a picture together, walking back on he the track. The because he, he he drove the truck and trailer. He <laughs> drove the truck and trailer. Okay, there's something. We need to figure out who this horse is. There's something. <laughs> He's going to well, be the I next, like, stakes winner. <laughs> He's doing he something had, here. Yeah, he like, a malfunction with some truck and trailer and whatnot, whatever. And I don't know how he ended up in Ohio, but he did. And so, you know, <laughs> I'm I'm leaving and I had an owner friend of mine with me who's good buddies with Wesley. And it was just such a hilarious. And I was like, oh, my God, I, I bet you Wesley's driving the truck and trailer back. And this owner's like, no, there's no way he's not driving. You know, this owner's giving me shit for driving my own truck and trailer to the races. And. He go, and then he goes, well, we're driving home, right? And I was like, that's Wesley. And he's like, no, there's no way he's driving. I said, watch this. And I, I gun it. And we get up right next to him. And sure enough, it's Wesley <laughs> driving the truck and trailer back to Keeneland. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no kidding. Oh, absolutely. He wanted that's that win, <laughs> And <laughs> it just goes to show, you know, we're all here for the same thing. We're all having a good time. It doesn't matter what track you're at. I don't care. We're here to win races. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome to hear. That it was reminds, really fun. That reminds me of a story. I got a buddy up in Harrodsburg. He had a he was partners on a Philly that he had with Graham Motion. Motion uh, shipped the Philly from Laurel to Churchill to run in a race. And they got the bill for the trucking uh, maybe a month later. And he opened the bill and it said, you know, $900. And he called his partner and said, Man, he Grand Motion charged us nine hundred dollars to ship this horse, and his partner said, "Yeah, I got one too for nine hundred dollars." It was eighteen hundred dollars to ship a horse from from uh, Laurel to to uh, Churchill Downs. Oh, and man. I, they, they nearly four gas oh. prices went up. Yeah, that, yeah. this is this that's, is seven I mean, years that's, ago. That's a lot. Is, yeah, this is six or seven years ago, or maybe longer than that. And he, yeah, but uh, yeah, and the horse finished like seventh too, so it didn't oh, help. Yeah. Didn't get yeah. that money back. Well, but, uh, I never said horses were cheap. The, you got to appreciate somebody's willing to 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 drive their own horse uh, to uh, to a racetrack. So that's good. That's good news. Uh, uh, I got some. Uh, uh, just one question, Farron. For well, for both of you, I'll start with Farron mm-hmm. first. Uh, like most of us that that love the sport, there was one horse that really kicked it off for us. One horse that we really fell in love with. For me, it was Sunday Silence. Uh, for oh. Al, it's probably Man of War. <laughs> it was Aristides. It Aristides, was Aristides. Like, yeah, yeah, the Darley Arabian, maybe. Yeah. No, no. Uh, but Farron, we'll start with you. Was there a horse early in in your in your life that you uh, fell in love with that that, that really uh, jump started you on the on the road you're on now? I mean, I wouldn't say jump started me on the road. I just remember one of my favorite earlier racehorses was Point Given, and then the first time. I got to come to Kentucky. I did a summer internship at Kesmark, and at the end, I'd really wanted to visit Calumet. And um, at that time, they weren't doing tours or anything. And finally, on my last day in Kentucky, the like Kesmark neighboring farm had an inn, and I got to go tour the stallion barn. And Point Given was there, and I got to meet him. And um, for whatever reason, he was one of my favorite racehorses when I was growing up. But at that point, I was already destined to become a jockey. So I was watching my Kentucky Derby every year and following the Triple Crown, but those were basically the only races I knew about. So that it, was my highlight. That point year as a kid. Should, he should have won a Triple Crown. That, that Kentucky mm-hmm. uh, that was a strangely run race when they ran. Yeah. Out. 
I think on the Breeders' Cup. We were at the Breeders' Cup when he ran. I think I was in the infield, fair. He was oh, really? Flying down the stretch. He lost by a nose, right? To he finished Macho second. Uno. Macho Uno in the Breeders' yeah. Cup. But yeah, that Derby went 21 44. Yeah. And maybe like 108. Uh, for oh my three, gosh, four. you have a good memory. Oh, yeah. Identic. Well, all right. That, well, while we're on the subject of that Derby, that was Monarcos' Derby. That was the, that to me, the best Kentucky Derby race call by Tom Durkin ever. So really? Okay. Go back and watch. Gotta go look that up I mean, again. There's, there's nothing. See if your fractions are correct. There's, <laughs> there's nothing better than a fantastic race call where that's, you just get goosebumps. That's exactly right. I agree. Yeah. 100%. Sarah, wanna, uh, you answered the question too. What, what, what horse stands out for you? Um. Okay. So, <laughs> it's nothing. Uh. Not a. Not a famous racehorse at all. Actually. Um. My first horse that I ever owned was a racehorse. I was 12 years old. Uh, my mother bought him for me, and his name was Concert Classic. He was a very, very cheap PA bred. He just barely broke his maiden in the slop. Uh, and he came to the farm on a layoff. Uh, we had gelded him, and I was jogging him for the owners. And when I was 12, that's what I did from a kid. I just, you know, got on racehorses up the farm and whatever else that was available to ride. I just wanted to ride thing. And I absolutely fell in love with this horse. He was, I mean, you think about like a really cheap chestnut, like, you know, just not an attractive athletic horse at all. And he absolutely, he had so much heart. I mean, I ended up jumping this horse over like four foot fences and he had no business doing it, but he had so much heart that I was like, thoroughbreds are the best thing that have like this world has given us. And that absolutely sparked my interest in thoroughbred racing. And I think Sarah has a great ability to move horses up. So now I can see it started there. She yeah. took that thoroughbred to four foot fenceless. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> like where it began. No business doing it. No yeah. business doing it. He could barely, you know, break his mate for a 20 claimer. Um, but that was, you know, concert classic. He was the one that I was like, you know what? These thoroughbreds are so honest. And they're so willing and they've got a heart of gold. And if you can capture that and put it together, you can do anything. That's a great story. Uh, Alan, though, you take over for a little bit. I know you've got a lot of questions for these ladies. Well, uh, actually, you touched on You brought me to one question I was going to ask Farron because you you mentioned Sunday Silence a moment ago. I know he's one of your favorites of all time. He's one of my favorites of all time. And again, this is showing these ladies how old we are. But (laughs) Sunday Silence was written by Pat Valenzuela. Yeah, uh, the legendary Pat Valenzuela, one of the best gate jockeys of all time. And I've told Farron this on numerous occasions, and I truly believe it. She's an excellent speed rider. She's an excellent front end rider. I saw it in person at Turfway. I saw it. Uh, I'm not an I, I'm not going to say I have an expert eye, but I, I do know what I see sometimes. And Farron and intimated me that, that Pat Valenzuela kind of took her under wing and taught her about getting horses out. You want to talk about that a little bit, uh, how the legend, how that came to be? Yeah, well. So I'd become a jockey during vet school. I was attending UC Davis, but I was only riding part-time. And when I graduated, I wanted to move down and ride the Del Mar meet. So I moved down to the Southern California circuit. And then Pat Valenzuela was out there in the mornings galloping horses for people. And he saw me riding out there. We started talking. He found out I was a vet. And he just said, you know, I can tell you have a lot of passion for this. So we started just talking more and he took me under his wing and became my mentor and uh, a lot of what he was 
talking about was getting horses out of the gate, reversing their form for long shots that have never been on the lead before and putting them on the lead, giving them that courage. And that's worked a lot of times with me. And um, so he really just taught me, um, yeah, kind of how to get into a horse's mind in a different way. And that's helped, especially with these large fields, to be able to, you know, get a horse break out and run. Um, I love closers as well. They're very exciting. Um, you know, I like the patience ride and looking for holes, but he was my first um, kind of big name mentor that I found. So he instilled that in me and, you know, really got me those quick reflexes and it's stuck with me ever since. Well, that could be it. Uh, this could be the perfect opportunity to segue into the ride of the meet that I bragged on you a lot about. We've talked about it. And it's a horse that you actually have. A, ironically, you this horse, the same horse is up Friday. You have a mount on this horse. Uh-huh. Finale on Friday, right? Yes. I'm talking about foreign exchange or foreign exchange, however you want to call the horse. <laughs> uh, I've, I've mentioned this. To, I remember watching this Farron, race. It, the- <laughs> yes. Farron's the exchange. So now you guys uh, need to come on Friday so that you can make signs that say that. That's going to, damn it. Well, I'll just, I'll tell you what, I'll just move. We'll do another GoFundMe. There you go. <laughs> Pay my mortgage while you're at it, too. I have a job. Uh, but foreign exchange, I want to brag on you a little bit, because, again, we have a lot of people like to bash. I like to, to prop jockeys up when I see it. And for those who haven't, don't know what I'm talking about, there was a race at Turfway. I guess it was a Thursday night or a Friday night. This horse like 40 to 1 in a wide open field. Mm-hmm. And it's like 12 horses in a race. The horse has talent. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, uh, but you broke out and you tell me how it's gotten me through this. If I'm right about this, you broke the horse out and sat just off the lead, right? In a tight mm-hmm. pack. And it's like, you pushed the gas on the turn a little bit, but not too much. You got separation. You got, mm-hmm. a, you got out by two lengths and there's a cavalry, there's just a pack of 11 horses behind you. You, you hit the gas just hard enough to, to separate uh-huh. from the field, but you, you didn't punch the gas. You didn't put it to the floor. Cause you knew you had to get to the wire. Right. And yes. you kind of held sway. And there was one horse that got a great trip. It was, I think it was Manny Askeville had a great trip and yes, was trying was to me. run you down, but you could tell that you fought ahead and you saved enough horse to get to the wire. First. I thought it was, I thought it was a masterful ride. May you I know, I've, I've, I've talked about that a lot. I just feel like I should add that Farron has put a lot of homework and a lot of effort into that horse because we oh, also really? shared a winter and I feel like she she definitely put her time in with that with that Philly for sure. Yeah, uh, that you could tell there was. Uh, is that something that an innate thing that you get from working horses in the morning that you know the homework or whatever? Is it is it how you ride that particular horse or was it a strategy? How how did that work out? Right, um, because I know she has speed from breezing her in the morning. I mean, she's a tough, fast horse, and um, but I didn't want to burn it out. So I'd ridden her earlier in the meet and we'd ran a really good third. And I remember Sarah was watching that night. She was texting me about it and excited, but I thought, you know, there wasn't quite enough to win at the wire. And I thought, you know, we might've been able to win. So when I wrote her this next time, I thought, okay, rather than letting her move too early, cause she's hard to get back to you to just kind of coax her along, keep her confident. So, you know, we have to make, I think it is important sometimes to make that move around the turn. Mm -hmm. Some people think, you know, you just need to stay patient and yeah, it depends. Every race is different, but sometimes you can really steal it in the turn, especially when there are competitive horses behind you who are waiting to start their run. So if you can beat them to the punch, you can get rolling. And I agree with Esquivel's horse. 
they were coming for us and they were flying and we got to the wire first. And so I think, you know, without having made that more aggressive move, we wouldn't have done that. And it's funny because it's, it's a ride I've bragged on a lot. And you were coming on the pod tonight and just looking at the past performances, the same horse is up on Friday at, at your, yeah. I guess you're, yeah at, so now Friday I get night to ride her again at Keeneland on opening day. On It's a turf <laughs> sprint, right? Yeah. Five and a half. Yeah. So got to punch a gas um, a little quicker. And even that. if it comes off the turf, she's ran well in the dirt before. So she's a very game filly. She's versatile. She can run long too. Yeah, uh, well, here you go. Now that we segue to that, we're going to segue something for the two of you together because mm-hmm. it's a horse we talked about. It's uh, I know Sarah did an amazing job with this horse. CC knows what I'm talking about. It's Golden Eye. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, I know you don't have the horse right now, Sarah, but you did a tremendous job with the horse. We we talked about the show when, uh, that this horse, when Farron was on, we saw something with it. And 40 to one later, five, four, three or four lengths in front, a couple weeks later, uh, the horse airs. That had to be just an amazing feeling. It was really exciting. Um, and it was exciting, too, because I just felt like we were kind of set up for success. Um, and I, I love that I had talked to you guys previously about the horse. Yeah. Um, and Farron, you know, she had come out. She had breezed up. You know, she knew the horse. We both knew that he had a ton of talent. Um, you know, you just have to put it in the right area. Um, and so after she won on him... Um, you know, they ended up selling him and he went to another trainer and I was, you know, I think that's, that's great. I didn't have any problems with it. Um, but he's a a very immature horse. And so I just think that, you know, I, I thought Farron's last ride on, you know, so they had changed jockeys. He had Mm -hmm. a little bit of a a iffy trip. Um, I thought it was really tricky coming out of the one hole. He had to kind of rush to get up there. Then he was in a tight spot and he had to kind of take them back. And I thought that was really difficult for the horse, especially with one that's like very sensitive. Um, and so then Farron ended up getting the ride back and I was so excited, you know, because she knows the horse Mm -hmm. really well. It's a really, really good fit, I think for him. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I was really excited and then he just didn't quite show up like we had expected. I thought she did everything right. You know, he broke sharp. Um, she did a great job of getting him out, getting him to the lead, getting him comfortable, settled, slowed down the fractions, um, you know, and he just didn't quite have that finish. And there's a lot of factors that go into these horses. You know, a lot of people look at that and they say, oh, well, this, that, whatever. But, you know, when it comes down to it, these are young horses. He's only a three-year-old. He's a big, immature colt. Uh, he's got so much maturing to do. Uh, and, 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 you know, there's so many factors involved. Um, but he's a really, really nice horse with a lot of talent. And I think if they're patient, um, he's going to come around and do great things. Oh, I, I completely agree. Cause you know, one of the, that, that field that he beat was a solid field. Absolutely. And, I was and, worried going into it. I was like, man, you know, I think, I think a lot of my horse, but you know, these are, these are some decent horses we're going up against. So I said, Hey, you know, Farron, just give him a good trip and keep him happy. Teach him a little something along the way. If we, if we hit the board, great. You know, I mean, I was, I was more than happy to just hit the board. Mm-hmm. And, but the horse you beat, I don't know if you, you guys, maybe you do realize this, the horse uh, that ran second was Icarus. You know, that CC, the horse Icarus. Yeah. It's a yeah. Judmont. It's a Brad Cox Judmont horse that aired in the next start. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, so that was a pretty damn good win, and I fully expect better things from this horse down the road or wherever. He will. Oh, yeah. 
But yeah. at the same time, like I told you guys from the very start, he's a very immature minded horse. Um, and he, so this goes back. He reminds me so much of, of a hor- another horse, Lone Rock. And Lone oh. Rock, as a two and three year old, had his hit and his miss all the time. Yeah. You know, he'd be training great. He'd be doing super. You'd run him and it didn't work out his way. And he'd take himself out of it. And you'd be like so frustrated because you're like, you know, this horse has so much talent. And as he matured, he just got better and better. I mean, he just won this weekend in Arkansas. I mean, these horses, you just have to be patient because they're so mentally immature, these colts. And you just have to kind of take your time and just, you know, let them, you know, let them develop. Mm-hmm. See, yeah. that was actually the first horse I'd ever breezed for Sarah. Really? I remember we took him to the gate. She was on one for other her- horses. And uh, <laughs> what's that? I only wanted to put you on the nice ones. Well, I was so shocked because after I breezed him, she goes, yeah, well, he's going to be running in um, probably end of December. We're aiming for, and you can ride him. And I'm thinking, no way. Like I've never even breezed for this person before. Like she's not going to put me on this nice horse. And then we just kept working with him every week. And after that, Sarah was usually on him and I was on someone else's horse as his company, which was really cool because I could see, you know, whether we're breaking from the gate, whether we're, I'm on the rail and he's on the outside or, you know, I'm giving him pressure from the outside just to kind of be able to have this view of this horse and see how he's developing. And it took a while to get him ready. And then we ran him. Wasn't it the last day of being a two-year-old? Yeah, it was the 31st. Yeah. Sure. Like this is just to get his mind right because it's going to take him a race to figure this out. And I remember too with that first race, it was a sprint and we knew he wasn't a sprinter. And I remember Wesley was in the race because I believe he was next to us and we saw him in the paddock and, you know, Wesley horses are fast and (laughs) speed. And I'm thinking, okay, well, you know, we're not going to catch them. And I remember on the turn passing the Wesley horse. So at least we beat Wesley that day. We ran fourth. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We did beat him. (laughs) John Hancock. Do you remember that CC? John Hancock had a live hell horse. And he was a bit of a longer shot. And I was thinking, like, why is this a longer shot? Because you shouldn't ever doubt Hancock when it comes to younger horses. <laughs> no. Right. right. And so I was, like, questioning why he was, like, such a long shot on the board. And the people that came with him to the paddock were videotaping. And they were, like, <laughs> recording. And they had all their phones out. And I was like, this horse is going to win it. And they I'm knew. Sitting there, yeah, they did know. They did know. So I thought it was so funny. Um you know, that, that, you know, everybody, like, I just couldn't believe that it was a longer shot on the board. Yeah. But, you know, you got the revenge a couple weeks later when that horse won, but, you know, we talked about this off air a little bit and we, we may be asking any of our listeners for help here because we just mentioned that you two female, two females won mm-hmm. uh, at Turfway. You won twice at Turfway together, correct? Or three, three times. times. Randello. Mm-hmm. And uh, the first Blue one, Dragon the first one Dr- was Blue Dragon. Yeah. Yeah. So what we were, what I was wondering, asking these ladies off air, and I'm sure that it has happened, but I bet it hasn't happened much. They're going to go to Keeneland. I'm sure they'll have some uh, rides together. Mm-hmm. Has a, a jockey, has a female jockey and a female trainer ever won together at Keeneland? They all say that it's probably happened. I say it probably has happened too, but I'm, I'm just not sure. We, there's a lot of great female trainers you know, Michelle's one of them, Michelle Lovell, but I, I don't know if, the, if Rosie Napravnik's a great jockey. I mean, Sophie Doyle, 
we could go mm -hmm. on and on, but I'm just wondering how many times, and if someone smarter than myself out there knows the answer, uh, send it on, because I'm curious. Maybe these maybe these gals will be the uh, the first one to do it. I don't know. I mean, but, I, would, I would love to be that. I've got a couple babies that... I'm not pushing, but they might be ready for the end of the meet. And they're Millie's for Lily or Lily's for Millie. Lily's for Millie. And I've got another filly. She's a little McCracken called Crackalacken. Um, <laughs> <Cool>. And <laughs> it's a great name. Um, <laughs> and so I've got a couple babies that, like I said, I'm not pushing them because I do think that, you know, they'll do well enough later on. Um, but if they're ready in time and nothing happens, I think we'll have some success. That's cool. All and right. you know, I, I, Sarah and I are the same age too, which makes it even more fun. Yeah. And we both used to ride in New Jersey. So she's <laughs> from New Jersey and that's where she got her start as an exercise rider. Yeah. And I feel like first. that's where I kind of got discovered as a jockey because my mm -hmm. career never really took off in California. So we kind of have our roots in New Jersey horse racing. Our, our Jersey Shore connections. Yeah. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> It's like you're destined to be BFFs. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it feels yeah. like that. Now, speaking of my BFF, uh, CC, uh, we, we can be BFFs too, can't we? Yeah, we'll, Awkward we'll talk, silence, we'll, crickets. We'll talk off air. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, we'll discuss this later. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll turn it back over to you so I don't hog the scenario with these, uh, with these uh, fantastic ladies. Well, I've just got a few more questions. Uh, Farron, we'll start with you. Uh, on the last pod, uh, our own Brandon Jaggers. Yes. We have oh, boy. I've been training so much harder since then, by the way. Yeah, he, <laughs> talks, he talked a lot of smack that he, he probably did. thinks he can take <laughs> you probably in two rounds. Have, have you, speaking of GoFundMe's, I'm, I'm putting one together <laughs> to build a cage. Mm -hmm. I, Wait, I want in on this. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, you should. I mean, I'm. I'm no MMA fighter, but I got horses every day. I'm game. Yeah, she's game. Well, <laughs> maybe we could do like a tag. Because, I mean, let, he's let, probably good enough you. to go a couple rounds, right? So, like, I'll go, Sarah will go. <laughs> oh, Don't God. Get his butt kicked by two women. <laughs> <laughs> we could do it in the paddock at the end of Keeneland. Oh. Cheaper than a cage. Cheaper than a in cage. A cage. <laughs> maybe we could get Chelsea Bailey to train, train you and then uh, – yeah. what? I, I think we should put this together. Is that is that uh, you? Are you game? Yeah, I'm game. Okay, Brandon. So Brandon's, Brandon's going to listen to this. He couldn't make it to tonight. But, <laughs> he uh, has no say. That's fine. You guys Brent, can speak on his behalf. Even yeah, better. yeah. On on Brandon Jagger's behalf, we the the challenge has been accepted. We'll probably do it <laughs> in the late uh, late April. Yes. Uh, and we'll do it maybe closing day in the in the paddock. Mm -hmm. We'll build the cage. Three rounds, four minutes, four minute rounds. Do you need three Just rounds? Four minutes. Just no, I don't, I don't watch UFC. That's long. Let's do three. Long? That's long. Three. Dude. I love it. Well, Brandon, yeah. Well, okay. He's got a baby on the way. So, uh. Oh, he's not the one having the baby. Are you kidding me? He's the one having the baby. And so, I, what that means is. Is this a personality we're talking about? Huh? I said, is this a food baby we're talking about? Or? <laughs> no. He's having a baby. And so what, I, what the point of that is, he's already used everything he needs to use. So everything would be fair game at that point. Right, CC? Yeah. I think all areas are, they're all on limits, right? I, I think it's a good idea. We'll do a weigh-in maybe two days before. Right. <laughs> stare down. We stare are going down. to be the same weight group then, right? I mean, that's the, the, only fair. 
We'll, we'll make him lose some weight. Don't worry, I'm not a bug rider anymore, so there you go. I'm a little heavier I mean, now. I mean, I might fall into the same category as him. I don't know. I've never seen him in person, but <laughs> I know um, it sounds unfair, and that's for sure. He's dapper, I guess. Brian, Brandon, we're, we're, we're giving you enough shit, Brandon. So at least I can call you dapper, all right? <laughs> Very nice of you. He's the one that gets all the fan mail, though. Like, he'll get letters and tweets and underwear and stuff. Really? Like yeah, the ladies. Okay. Wait, what the guys, the guys for? love him. Well, that's what you want for fighters. I mean, that's how we get sponsors, right? That's a good point. We're gonna that's get right. sponsors we'll, for this. Okay. We'll sponsor you. We'll sponsor you, and then he can get his own. We can get Republic Bank to sponsor him or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. great. <laughs> All right, so Sarah. The, yes. This is two-year-old sales season. Do you, you make any plans to attend any of the two-year-old sales? Of course. Um, you know, I haven't been, I haven't attended any of the Florida two-year-old sales. I'll go to the Keeneland um, two-year-old and training sale. Um, I'm, I'm going to be really honest with you guys. I love buying yearlings. I'm not um, a massive fan of the two-year-old and training sales, especially down at OBS right. and whatnot. Just uh, strictly. And, you know, I mean, this is just me being me. Um I just don't see the necessity to push a horse to go that fast, that young. Um, I have a little bit of a moral dilemma about it. And I've gotten a lot of, you know, when I was working for trainers in the past, I've gotten a lot of two-year-olds in and had to ride them. And, you know, it's usually they're either like mentally fried or physically fried. Um, So I would, you know, I'm more of a yearling sales type person than two-year-old sales but i will attend the keeneland two-year-old and training sale um and be seen and and you know who knows if we'll find something um but it, it's not one of my favorites I'm not gonna lie they're having another uh, horses racing age sale right at the end of the meet yes mm-hmm. yes yeah. same day oh yeah. well, so we'll have to do the fight like between that that's a good idea it's <laughs> a good idea it helps that she's a vet too she she could like Injure him, then fix him, right? Yeah, I'll suture up his all his marks. No problem. <laughs> we got plenty of vet wrap and bandages. That's right. true. Best place yeah, ever. and Sarah used to vet tech. So I did. Really? We're, oh, yeah, yeah. we're a good team. Yeah, I, I would always gallop, um, kind of go to whatever track I wanted, you know, whatever state I wanted to go to at the time, and, and then vet te- find a vet to vet tech for after I was done galloping. It's the best way to learn things, um, stay involved, get to know everybody and get to know the goss. So. <laughs> what, what, yeah, go ahead, CC. Go ahead. That's my last question for Sarah. Have you ever seen the musical Hamilton? <laughs> I'm sorry. The musical Hamilton. Yeah. Um, uh, no, well, that's honestly, pretty elite. I mean, I think we are. Although I'll have to say my aunt Kathy, who owns Circle Circleback Jack, she did go see the musical Hamilton. She said it was fantastic, and she she was a Hamilton, so I feel like that's fair. But um, yeah. no, I, I stick to the horses and, and much less the musicals and the the dramatics. Okay, all right, Alan. Anything well, else? We actually touched me. You brought me to an, an idea here real quick because they. Farron, I know you're 30, and I guess, are you 29 or 30, Sarah? You said you're the same age. I'm I'm 29. I'll turn 30 in June. Oh, okay. Well, early happy birthday. So Farron's the old lady oh. of this bunch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you touch on Hamilton. <laughs> I know what my musical tastes are, right? But And then I know what my daughter's musical tastes are. But, you know, this 29, 30-year-old, what, what do you guys listen to? 
Oh, well, sorry. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Farron, to throw you, <laughs> to, to cut you off. Um, so my go-to is like Van Morrison. Um, oh, I didn't see that, that coming. Moondance. Yeah, like Rolling Stones, Van Morrison, like all kind of like oldies and throw, not oldies, but throwbacks a bit. Um, you know, I mean, those are the songs that you can really enjoy. You can get a whole entire room full of people dancing to. Uh, I, I, two points to, to uh, Sarah. One for great answer. Two for uh, she, she might be sucking up because uh, she knows we're old. Uh, <laughs> Shut up. Have no, you ever I'm seen the Rolling Stones in concert? Yes. <laughs> have you ever seen the Rolling Stones in concert? I did. It was the first concert I ever went to. Where at? Uh, it was in New Jersey. Maybe. Was it at the? St- no, it wasn't at the Stone Pony. Um, but it was it was in New Jersey. I can't remember exactly where. Um, but I remember I was really young. I was probably like uh, maybe eight or nine, something like that. And my aunt brought me, and she goes, "You smell that?" And I was like, "Smell what?" And she I goes, know. "That's marijuana. Don't <laughs> ever do that." <laughs> Good old my Rolling Stones. Yeah. My favorite memory. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, the, I've seen 100 concerts in my old day, and uh, the Rolling Stones are the best ever at Cardinal Stadium back in the 80s, but you guys probably don't know that the Rolling Stones played at Churchill Downs about 20 years ago, 15, 20 okay. years ago. They played yeah. the infield at Churchill Downs. So did the police. And Farron, your turn. You got to impress me like she um, did. Okay, I mean, as far as classics, I also really like Queen and Electric Ooh. Light Orchestra. Um, I also really like reggaeton, especially if I need to be like pumped up for a race or something. Yeah, I get like damn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What did you say? And that's reggaeton. You know reggaeton? reggaeton. No, is that new? It's like Shakira. <laughs> oh. I mean, who doesn't like Shakira? Do you guys I, like Shakira? Uh, she's moderately attractive. I haven't really noticed though. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's hard to pick out. <laughs> Yeah, she's okay. She's okay. So, so you like Queen, and I've never seen Queen. You know, I'm not going to see Queen because you know there's a little problem there. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, good answers. Good answers. How about you, CC? Tell What's them what you question? listen to. Music. It's all about horse racing. <laughs> I just went to Graceland. To? I, I've been listening to a lot of Elvis lately. Ooh, Elvis. Love me some Elvis. Lately. Hey, like there's. It. There's nothing better that when you're walking over with a horse and they start playing, you know, the music before that you get into the paddock. And if they're playing a great song, you walk over there and you could have like the longest shot on the board. You walk over there with the most confidence, jamming Mm -hmm. out your favorite song. There's no better feeling. Churchill does that right. Churchill does that good, by the way. Churchill is probably the best example. And the, during that dead time between two races, they do play a lot of great music. They'll play Winning by Santana, which is always appropriate and stuff, too. So, always. You guys- also, Loser by Beck. That would apply to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well it happens to all but one in every race. <laughs> all right. I guess I'm, uh, anything else you ladies want to say, promote, brag about, uh, anything before we uh, let you guys go and live your millennial lives or anything? Our millennial lives. I don't know if we should be considered millennials. We're pretty hardworking millennials, though. I know you. Farron brought that up. That wasn't me. So. I think we're considered millennials, Sarah. But that's why I, I told mean, them never. we're hardworking millennials. You are. And you guys enjoy what we're you up do, right? Before the sun's up. Oh, I'm always excited to get going. Like sometimes I'm really exhausted, especially after night racing. But literally, 
I look forward to getting to the track in the morning every morning. That's how we know we're in the right job. I mean, all I wanted to do was ride ponies for a living, and here we are. I remember mornings this winter with Sarah where we'd be breezing together on the little training track (laughs) at Keeneland. Could not feel my hands, and we would just be, like, laughing going around the track together. This little, like, five-eighths track. (laughs) It's great. It's fun. Awesome. So you're happy. Yeah. I mean, you're doing something yeah. you love. You're getting paid for it most of the time. And, yeah, sometimes. Uh, yeah, sometimes. sometimes. It's, <laughs> it's the life. And yeah, you guys are going to be there both. You're both going to be there Saturday. And, Absolutely. Uh, I guess uh, we're going to be buying a, a drink or some a Reuben. I mean, I guess Farron can't eat a Reuben. I wouldn't think if she's got to ride the next day, right? <laughs> That's probably the worst thing you could have. Yeah, I don't know if I'd have. Reubens are pretty good. I'll have a bite of Sarah's. Yeah, okay. there you go. We'll share. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to it. We'll look forward to seeing you guys on, on Saturday. Uh, there's yeah, a, we're going to have fun. And I understand, Sunday. I understand, and Sunday, that they're capping the crowd at 22,000. Is that what we heard last night, CC? That they're not going to uh, let a ton of people what? in there. So it's not going to be crazy well, crowded. We'll see. Yeah. You know, be, hey, I've got my ticket, so I don't I care. got my ticket. <laughs> He's not worried. Y'all aren't worried. No, we I'm don't have tickets, but we'll be fine. Um, How does it work? I mean, they're, they're not going to turn you guys away, right? Uh, we can we have, use a racing license. license. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we're, like, official. So, like, even though they cap the number <laughs> of tickets that they sell, if you have a license, if you, you know, everybody else mm-hmm. can. Anyway, that's cool. It's, uh got to dress up. Got to dress up. I'm not dress up. Got to dress warm come Saturday, unfortunately, for everybody. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you guys might not want to wear your heels. It's a little cold <laughs> for that. But, <laughs> hey, if, if, it, if it slaps, I got to wear it. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. Did I say that right? Beauty is pain. <laughs> All right. Like we, this has been a lot of fun as it always is. Everybody uh, loves you guys. Everybody pulls for y'all. So uh, we'll see you Saturday. Thank you for joining us. I know CC feels the same way. And keep training, Brandon. Right. Keep training. <laughs> exactly. That's right. Be ready. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, ladies. Thank All you right. for having us. All right. Well, I am uh, wore out because those, <laughs> those gals have a lot of energy. Tell me they're not fun. We, we, we talk, I talk about this all the time in racing. There's this, uh, how can we improve the game and blah, blah, blah. There's so much cynicism and just, I, I get tired of it, honestly. The, the bitching, some of the moaning and stuff, you know. Sit back sometimes and have fun. Farron and Sarah are a prime examples of that. They're talented. They're a lot of fun. I mean, they got great spirits, great energy. Uh, I, I mean, I think they're great for the game, not only today, but going forward. So, Everybody that just heard have have heard them have met them in real life they they would have to agree with that wouldn't you CC and they love horses as well that, and yeah and, and they love the game they love the, everything so they're, they're great for the game and we enjoy talking to them I can tell you that uh, I tell you what if you're a prospective owner out there and you know maybe want to get your feet wet in the game I mean I don't think there's anybody better than to go with somebody like Sarah Hamilton no with a small stable you get you know you you go with a with a guy like Bill Mott or a Mike Maker, or, or uh, you know, uh, uh, Richard Mandela, you're not going to get access to the stable. You're not going to get there. Those those big trainers, they're not they're not going to be on the, or you're not going to be on their speed dial. No, you're, no, you're, not you're hard lost in the shuffle. You, you get a smaller trainer like Sarah, and you know you you, you learn more. As, you know, you, you just learn more about the business. You, you get to see up close what's going on. You get a little bit more access, and it's just a whole lot more fun. You got somebody like Sarah who wants to win and wants to do well for you. I think uh, 
I would highly recommend her as and a trainer. I, I couldn't agree more. And then Farron is, I mean, I've seen it in my own eyes. I, I, again, I'll talk, I'll, I'll admit to things. I'm, a, I'm biased sometimes because I want to see my friends do well. Farron's a hell of a rider. And I, 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 someone, you're not going to find many people who watched her play as closely as, as I did this meet. She can get a horse out of the gate. She has had some great rides. Uh, not, didn't always get the best stock there, but and she overperformed with those horses. I saw her 30, 40 to one horses this meet. Not only that one, but she'd get them on the lead in some of these cheaper races, and they would finish second and third. And that was, she moved those horses up several lengths more than they should have. They may not, some of them didn't win, but she gave them everything they had. And I highly recommend Farron as well, too. It's again, is it because she's a friend of mine to some extent? But I'm also telling you, in an unbiased fashion, the woman can ride. So, and she's in incredible shape. I think she beats up NFL linebackers as a hobby on the weekends. But uh, yeah, can't say enough about it, both of them. So that's our primer for Keeneland opening weekend. Yeah, it's almost upon us. Just a few days away, uh, they draw the the big bluegrass card on Wednesday. I don't know when this podcast will come out. Probably Wednesday tomorrow, tomorrow night or whatever. But or excuse me, Wednesday night. But uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully you've listened and enjoyed this. And if you're out of Keeneland on Saturday, look us up. Uh, we'd love to shake hands or, or whatever. Or you could I'll be them. shaking hands with my jersey gloves on or maybe some slightly fancier gloves because it's going to be cold as hell. If so. you, you feel feel the need, buy me a hot chocolate. <laughs> yeah. I like those hot chocolates at Keeneland. He really does. I'll be I'll probably be drinking the $9 beers, at least a few of them. And back so I got the- gloves. Back in the day, those hot chocolates were like a dollar. How much are they now? I don't even They're know. Probably like three dollars now. You know, I've noticed. You know what I've noticed? And you tell me if I'm right about. It. it seems like prices in general are going up in other in pretty much everywhere. Is that correct? Would you say that's say safe to say? I think so. I you know I don't I, I haven't noticed it a lot at the gas pump or, or at other places and stuff. Right. I need right. to start paying closer attention to that. Sarcasm, isn't that great? But a bet's still two dollars, right? A bet's still two bucks. A bet's still two dollars, and that, that's right. That two dollars doesn't go as far as it used to, but we'll have fun with it. All right, let's wrap this number one hundred up. All right, that's it for one hundred. Hopefully, we'll do a hundred more coming soon to a podcast platform near you. On behalf of Alan Schneider and the absent Brandon Jaggers and our guests. Sarah Hamilton and Farron Peterson, or Farron Hamilton and Sarah Peterson. Easy to mix them up. This is CC Broadus signing off and reminding you that gambling money ain't got no home.